welcome to The Nature of Money. Over the past 20 years, I've worked with thousands of leaders as a business advisor, a wealth alchemist, and a money therapist. And all the strategies in the world didn't help these leaders where they got stuck. Their problems were not due to lack of talent or intelligence or laziness. See if you can identify yourself in one of these common experiences I find in my practice. You've maybe grown your business revenue well into the six or seven figures, but you've bankrupted your joy or your pleasure or yourself in some way in the process. And the accolades and the money you have in the bank, it feels empty and lonely and unfulfilling. Or maybe you're terrified of really putting yourself out there and being visible. Or maybe you're embarrassed that you're not further along at this stage in your life and business yet. And maybe you want to or even need to so you can keep going in your business. You need to charge more because you're getting real results and your schedule is full. But you don't know how to really grow or scale your business because there's just no more time and you're exhausted. Or you wake up in the middle of the night worried about not being able to keep it all together or pay the bills on time. And you don't want to keep hustling because you're so freaking tired. Or maybe you've reached a plateau of success and have quote unquote arrived, but now what? And then depression is setting in and creativity seems to be escaping you. Where the heck do you go from here? Or maybe you're developing yourself as a leader kind of evades you. And how the heck are you supposed to manage the growth of your business and manage the growth of your team and still care for your family and for yourself? Or maybe you've got big secrets. Maybe it's half a million dollars in debt, or maybe you took out a hundred thousand dollar loan, but didn't tell your partner. Maybe you're spending in ways that really go against your values, or maybe you're posturing and acting like you've got it all together, but inside you're dying and you don't know how to get yourself out of the situation. I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. It's been my personal and professional experience with so many of these questions that lead me and have led me to develop a new approach to working with leaders. And for myself, I also had to get perspective. I got curious. I dug in and I continue to dig into what's running the show of my behaviors and beliefs and emotions and spirituality because that to me is ultimately what is impacting the output of our financial lives. And so by the end of this episode, I'll share more on how my journey and how through my work with clients, it formed my philosophy of money and wealth, and ultimately why it led me into this body of work I call money therapy. You know, the research in science is showing us that 90% of our financial decisions are based on emotion, and that only 10% is based on any analysis or logic. So what's happening for you in your emotional wealth zone has a lot to do with what's going on for you financially. And in this episode, I talk about my experience with founders, with leaders, and why I think digging in for emotional gold and shifting the narrative about money, why it's so important, and how you can interrupt the patterns that keep you stuck and that have kept you right where you are. And so now I'm going to be joined for another few minutes by my sweetheart, John, my rock, who supports me and my work and support of all of you. 
And so this is from one of our good evening conversations, and as we call them, and then we're going to examine some underlying patterns like these together. And, and now I'm, of course, bringing that into the work that I do is engaging all of ourself, right? Our body, this animal body, and the sensations and how the sensations are really the clues, the, the gauge to what's happening inside of us is through the sensations we can feel in our body. It's so much information this animal gives us. And then what's happening in our emotions and really listening to the intelligence in them because I see our emotions as our true North Star, not making it right or wrong, good or bad. It's not about that. It's about what's the truth of what's happening for me right now in this moment and listening to that. And rather than being afraid of the intense emotion like fear or sadness or anger and wanting to run away from it because society tells us that those things aren't good to have. It's not good to be an angry young little girl. Well, actually, what's wrong with that? Nothing. What's wrong with what what becomes wrong with that is when we don't process it, when we don't listen to what it's trying to tell us that in and when we listen to it and we understand what's happening as a result in our mental aspect, right? And our thoughts, what we're what we're holding on to with that. We can ultimately, through that process, get to what our needs are. And when we understand what our needs are, sometimes we can meet them ourselves and we didn't even know it. Maybe we can just acknowledge ourselves or make a request. Um, but what I love about this process and this process is very much, um, coming from Marshall Rosenberg, um, and the work that his body of work. But when we understand what our needs are, we get access to so much more choice in, in that our sovereignty, you know, our ability to be individuated and yet connected with other, um, and so to me, I, I'm bringing this kind of a long way to get around to like creating this own new money narrative, you know, for myself and then helping others do that. That's really at the end of the day, what we all need to do. Take a look at that for ourselves and how that's all playing out with all of the different threads that I just mentioned and how that's interacting and unpack that for ourselves so we can get rid of the shit, back the truck in, beep, 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 <laughs> load it up and get it all out and then find our gold and know what to do with that, how to be, how to make that useful in a way that is in alignment with who we actually are and how we want to express freely and responsibly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> it's nice to hear that 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 you've had experience with yourself and uh, others where you started to see that with work and patience and time and diligence and some discipline and trying, you know, new ways of be being and behaving, you actually can start to dismantle the old things and make room for new things that actually start to become really um, 
you know, like you said, very regenerative and and healthy, and and all of a sudden you're just your quality of life just starts to just starts to rise. And I think what you're basically saying is is when that happens, money in and of itself just seems to be part of the natural evolution of life that it flows as it needs to to you and through you That's rather right. rather than having to go out and, and 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 take it go out and get it you know which i get you know i and i and i don't even hold a judgment against that because you know i'm not going to tell somebody yeah don't go out and try to go get money you know i mean there's that whole narrative around man i'm a hustler man i gotta i go got i gotta go get out and get that get that money I got to hustle for it, you know, whatever that means, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to, and, you know, that's, it's a, it's, it's a tough world, you know, and if, if, so I guess what I'm saying is, is, is that this, this, this isn't an easy, the barrier to entry to this kind of a journey almost is when you've come to a place where you can't, where there's nowhere else to turn where crisis is either on you or it's looming on the hill, so to speak. Right. But it doesn't need, like, we don't Does need it, to get to that. It, point. No, you don't need to get to that point. I'm saying that that's usually what it seems to, um, you know, be predicated by those. All I'm saying, whether, and, and, and whether, you know, whether that's emotionally like to a, like completely burnt out, you know, I've I yeah. had a client who, was completely burnt out because, you know, she had taken over a family business and created the wealth for the family business, took it, you know, from about 10 million to much greater than that, you know, mm-hmm. in the 500 million range. But, you know, she emotionally bankrupted herself, right, in that process. So it's not that she didn't have the money, but she didn't have the capacity in herself to, um, access even a sense of feeling worthy um of even what she had accomplished and wanting to know what was what was actually true for her moving forward in her life did she want to continue that path or or was there a different path that was actually more true for her Mm -hmm. right um and it took some time it took some time to unwind and kind of disentangle that little ball of yarn that we become right you know it's not it it is and and then sure there are there are those who are at the breaking point of i'm you know i've i'm struggling so much you know i've made 10 million and lost it twice or you know i've um i took out a hundred thousand dollar loan but i didn't tell my husband or you know i'm i'm i have this compulsive spending habit and i'm raking up all kinds of crazy debt uh, and so these things begin to express themselves in us in all kinds of ways. But the truth is, John, what I'm finding is that this is happening in all of us leaders. And it just expresses itself in different kinds of ways. And so, you know, you're saying, well, you know, gosh, that's, that's like kind of hard to do. And I'm saying, actually, I get it. It 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 but it's not hard. It's actually quite simple. Maybe it's not easy, but it's not hard. It just feels really uncomfortable. And as one person who is like been going through it continues to go through it, 
for myself. You, you as well, you know this, you're doing it too. Um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be in the discomfort, isn't it? And there's so much growth that happens in the discomfort if we really let ourselves go there. And that's what I love about the story of the seed. The seed, in order to even become the sprout, has to break open. There is incredible growing pains in that growth cycle. And from the outside looking in, it looks like complete destruction and chaos is happening. But really what's happening is creation. Really what is happening is expansion. Really what's happening is a growth of ability and capacity to be able to hold more, to do more, to be more of who you are in the fullest expression by becoming ultimately a fruit-bearing tree. Isn't it amazing to think that like a small little seed turns into a massive tree It is over freaking time? amazing. <laughs> yes. Like even just thinking about something so small that it's programmed to be able to actually grow into a tree, much less a tree that like, you know, bears fruit and, you know, does this once or twice a year. It's kind of like, what? That is insane. Like, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of built from the same the same kind of, you know, uh, template, so to speak, you know, even though we're not a, a necessarily a plant or a tree, but we do come from, we do come from sort of a seed in a sense, you know what I mean? We do. I guess, again, you know, it's like, we're just really uncovering the depths of these other aspects of the self, you know, the human self, you know, these subtler things, the things that we can't necessarily see which are the you know kind of energetic ways and the emotional ways and the thought based you know psychological ways we we live and and behave those are all things that we don't touch but they're significant they have significant you know kind of uh, uh impact in our lives and it sounds like what you're trying to do is you're connecting this sort of two worlds you know, in, in the, in the, in the sense of looking at money as part of nature and we're part of nature and just connecting how to get to that place where it doesn't have to be so distorted. And we're not, we're not, I guess we're just sort of not forgetting just how beautiful and powerful it is just in the simplicity of it all. Right. Right. Well, I think that I believe that nature has so much to teach us about wealth, about money, about living wealthy, Mm -hmm. and the natural principles are the most fundamental. And, you know, John, in a world where we have a lot of chaos that is going on, um, I think we, in large part, I'm, I'm generalizing right now, I think in large part we have lost our way by forgetting that nature is our ally And that nature is here for us, and that nature has so much to teach us if we will just stop. Quiet ourselves, listen, open ourselves, and learn. Um, And maybe this is a good point to share the story of Beltane from last year. Um, Beltane, which is May 1st, uh, I decided to do what's known as a day walk or a medicine walk. You know, you go out from sunrise to sunset. And I chose to do it on Beltane because one, I've been connecting more in with my own family history, which is Irish Gaelic um, tradition. And Beltane is a day where 
the people go out and take walk on, walks on the land as an intention to protect the land and the harvest that will come. And so I set out with a question for myself to collect my medicine, medicine for me being nature itself. And I had packed all this stuff, a lot of water, extra clothes, you know, a journal, just all this extra stuff um, that I thought I would want to have with me. And by the time that I got to the trailhead, my shoulders were still really hurting me. And so I sat down on a park bench and I was like, I need to reassess what I'm doing here. <laughs> I, 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 I'm 30 minutes into this walk and my shoulders are really hurting. Like this is ridiculous. So I open up the backpack and I look at what's inside and I have all this extra stuff that I really was like, do I really need this? And I realized, no, I don't. And I, and I made the analogy. I was like, wow, how often are we in our lives and in my life? Am I carrying around all this extra stuff that I really don't need? That's really weighing me down. And that maybe if I just put it down, I won't suffer so much and my life will feel lighter and easier and taking a simple day walk will be more freeing. And so that's what I did. I pulled out all this stuff and got rid of it. Even took off the sports bra that I was wearing because it was just pulling my shoulders. Like I'm not doing that. I put on something else. And then I really began to walk. Then, then my medicine walk really began, but I needed that medicine to begin. And like, I, that could have been enough. And that was like, I learned so much already. Um, but this is where nature really gets into the story for me. And then I started twirling, you know, this piece of long sage and just wanted to follow my childlike wonder and see where my attention would go. And so as I was wandering through this big field of sage, uh, I was coming to the edge where I would turn left to go up into the mountain area. And I thought, gosh, it'd be great if I had a walking stick. <laughs> And I just was in this trial-like wonder, like, of how great would it be in, like, kind of this very living impossibility state. And I kept walking up toward, you know, I was going up this hill. And then there was this bird that swooped down into the middle of this, like, tree bush, let's call it, and stared at me. Just stare, was just staring at me as I was walking towards it. And I was like, what is going like I felt like the bird was speaking to me. And and I just kept and I was like, oh, it's on a stick, like a dry, dead stick on this tree, and it's grasping it. And I felt like it was telling me to get it. And as I walked and to grab it, it actually the bird then took off. And then I, I picked up the stick and I was like, oh my gosh. This is the exact size and height that I need for this to be a walking stick. And I was in such awe of how when we're really in that place of receiving, in that place of wonder, in that place of openness in ourselves, and we just lightly ask how much nature often will just show up and provide it for us. And I was in awe that that morning of just how much I'm cared for 
and how much nature was caring for me already on this walk. I kept going up the hill and I reached kind of this part where, you know, you can then see the mountains beyond. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to go all the way over there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well maybe I'll do that. And so I kept walking. I was like starting to like walk faster, even though I was really enjoying the slow pace, this easeful pace that I was having. Uh, again, this idea that I'm going to go do accomplish this thing way over there, this idea of that. And then I came across on the, on the um, trail. What I call Mr. Mr. Snail. Mr. Snail and his family of hundreds of other snails. (laughs) There were so many snails. I don't know if I've ever seen that many snails. And uh, I had to slow down. Otherwise, I would have crushed Mr. Snail and some of his family of snails. And so I just allowed myself to become fascinated by him. I'm calling him him. I don't know if it was a him, but I just decided that it was a him. And and how he was savoring every morsel of the earth, of the dirt that he was crawling on, and taking his, his time. And it looked like he was just enjoying himself. And I was like, wow. I felt like Mr. Snail taught me that morning about savoring, savoring the moment in that When we are in such a hurry in life that we miss out on so much of the enjoyment of it. And I think that really ties into this, you know, what we're doing in our relationship with the accumulation of wealth, of money. Um, Are we doing it at such a rate where? We really aren't enjoying our life. I know I was. That's what was happening for me back in the day. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, Got my own stuff and my own versions of stuff going on these days. But don't we all? As you said, it's a journey, not a destination. Um, And so really, ultimately, this is what I love about bringing the concept of nature and money together. Because I see nature has so many lessons, even in the like the smallest little morsels, like Mr. Snail. There's so many lessons in throughout the season. In every episode, I'm gonna bring in. I bring in how nature has a lesson for us in what in the topic that we talk about. Um, and late, nature for me has always been an ally. It's always been there. As a kid, it was an important part of my own healing. It was an important part of my own connection to something bigger than myself, greater than myself. Connection with myself. Gosh, getting out in nature is like one of the greatest ways that I connect with myself. Um, Where I do some of my greatest contemplation and decision making is often out in nature. And so I want to bring that, though, that my reverence for nature together 
with what we can learn and discover about living wealthy, about being wealthy, about having or being with or relating with money. And so that's really what this is all about for me. So out of that, you know, you know, day out of time, medicine walk and all these lovely and little bits, many of them, which you didn't probably share with us that you, you know, Hmm. got to experience and how it connected you to nature in such a way that you started to realize like your, your nature yourself, you know, we are of course nature, you know, um, that's right. How is it that it has affected the way you are viewing yourself in relationship to the world around you? And then obviously, you know, how you apply that to, you know, your work within the framework of, of, of wealth and money and how that represents uh, a part of our, our life in a way that can be more, you know, easeful and flowing and, and empowering rather than scary and fearful and, you know, whatever else, right. That, you know, so many of us carry around, around, uh, the, uh, the subject of the, uh, of money and wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say that, uh, it was on that medicine walk that the nature of money, the show, the idea for the name and this concept really dropped in. Um, so <laughs> I love sharing so that's this pretty story. cool. I love sharing this story with this, you know, opening episode of my story because it's all very connected and it feels almost regenerative in this really beautiful way as well. Oh, but it's amazing. Something that, you know, was so, uh, it was right timing, you know, for you to, to receive it because there is something so beautiful about just that, that title, the nature of money. I mean, there's so much in that. And I think it's really cool that there is a story that was birthed out of that, that has to do with you being in nature and how that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of got to, got to come to you, you know, while you were out there, like you got to like, what a little gift, right? Well, thanks so much for sharing your, your, uh, part of your journey and your story with us right now and uh, look forward to hearing some more. So in this conversation, John helps me see and realize what's going on in me through our conversation. And we've done a lot of this and this kind of thinking, this kind of contemplation has really helped sharpen my thinking on what I've experienced and then what I continue to see in my work with leaders. And all of this I've used to develop my philosophy on money. And that is that your wealth zone determines the quality of your ability and capacity to live wealthy. And living wealthy, I see as two parts. One is what I call existing wealthy. That's the financial freedom, all the things that are outside of you in relationship to your wealth, right? Your financial freedom is your ability to not have to work if you don't want to. All the assets that you have or don't have, the liabilities that you have or don't have, the debt that you have or don't have, right? The quality of being able to exist wealthy through financially being free. That's one part of living wealthy. The other part is being wealthy, the internal freedom. And that has much more to do with your own sense of being valuable, being worthy, feeling deserving, feeling like you're worth it. 
and how you're expressing and exchanging in the world based on what's happening for you in your psycho-emotionality. That's that internal freedom. And it is the health of both of these states, existing wealthy, being wealthy, that I believe determine what we have or don't have in our capacity to hold and grow in relationship with money and wealth. And these are also what I believe are true markers for true wealth, like the real markers. And I believe that what is required to optimally live wealthy is healthy wealth stewardship. So let me tell you a secret. True wealth is an inside out job because you might have millions or billions in the bank, but your experience with money is causing you emotional or psychological discomfort in some way, shape or form. So irrespective of how many dollars you have in your bank account, the story of I'm not good enough doesn't go away with more money. In fact, it shows up in increasingly subtle yet destructive ways. The problem of making millions and growing it in a way that you feel soulfully proud of and satisfied and it certainly involves strategy. Yet my work reveals it has so much more to do with how you are processing your emotionality and then effectively working through the psycho-emotional obstacles that are holding you back from truly living wealthy. And so the question is, how much space do you have for true wealth to flourish? Because you are the destructive technology on this planet in your life. It's time for an upgrade, love. And it is in my one-on-one work with clients and through workshops and small groups that I help them upgrade and transform through the process of financial metamorphosis. It's time to end the burnout. It's time to stop striving to achieve, but never feel like you're enough. It's time to stop trying all the things that don't work and keep you stuck. It's time to end your emotional poverty. So my question to you is, do you want to waste one more precious day of your life being stuck? Do you want to continue to spin your wheels? I dare you. I dare you to feel good and whole and free about wealth. And I invite you to be with money in its true nature, sacred, natural, and regenerative. And the results that I've seen in my life and the lives of my clients that's possible is remarkable. I'm going to give you a few examples here. Lollyware in doing this work, landed their first $100,000 purchase order within 30 days of launching sales and got funded on Shark Tank with Mark Cuban at a better valuation and for more money than they went in asking for. And then we closed out their over $1 million funding round a few months later. And then T, she went from having a hard time leaving her home and dining out at a restaurant due to a social anxiety disorder and then feeling like she was being stabbed in the stomach like with a knife and like she was going to die when it came to doing sales for her creative agency so she went from that to having her anxiety go from a 10 plus every day and dropping to a two to three on average and then in the middle of the pandemic she was able to close over seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in deals she secured her first investment property She bought her dream home, and then she adopted a puppy. And then there's Teresa, who went from deep fear of asking for sponsorship dollars for her massive Canadian entrepreneurial conference 
to securing her first $100,000 sponsorship deal on her first try. And then Mary 3x her revenue in the off season of her business within three months of working together. And then Lily passed the million dollar mark for the first time in her business and increased profitability in her revenue management company by over 20%. This is just a small sampling of the kinds of things that are possible on the financial side when you do this kind of work. There are so many things that are necessary to take a look at in the process of money therapy. And I use this process to guide world influencers and leaders through a deepening and a reconfiguring in their complex relationship with worth and with value and with money, with their wealth. And through a process I call the living wealthy wheel, leaders learn how to tend to their four wealth zones, these important aspects in their humanity. And we do it in an alchemic whole human remapping practice. And so that on the other side, they emerge so fully aligned and financially embodied, which ultimately replaces overwhelm. It replaces stress. It replaces anxiety in the money equation with a wholesome and regenerative and nourishing experience while raising and making and managing and growing and contributing money. And these leaders, they become good allies in society and to future generations while living soulfully connected and deeply satisfying and very wealthy lives. In the previous episode, I referenced money as being like eggplant. Let me contextualize this for you just a moment here. I see money as like eggplant. It it just takes on whatever flavor you pair it with. And you know how when you cook eggplant, let's say with like a marinara sauce, it takes on the flavor of the sauce and it gives just some texture and creaminess to it. Well, that rings true here with money too. I mean, let's say that in this instance, that marinara sauce is a scarcity mindset, but you don't like marinara sauce, but you're eating it and you keep eating it because that's all you know. I'm here to tell you, You can have whatever sauce you want. So you know you don't want marinara scarcity mindset. Maybe you want a vegan Alfredo abundance saucy mindset. But you're afraid because you're so used to making the marinara. And you don't know how to make the vegan Alfredo sauce. So that's what I'm here for. To help you figure out what sauce you do want. Help you gather up the ingredients and show you how to make the best sauce in your financial life. Because what's happening inside of you is the flavor of what's happening inside your financial life. If you want your money dish to have a different flavor, you've got to transform the sauce of you. And so to get you started, the focal point of season one of The Nature of Money centers around our money narratives and how with a sprinkle of intention and a spoonful of courage and a dose of commitment and a true willingness to enter the realm of self-examination, we can begin to consciously craft our truest nature and live wealthy. And the lessons of each episode in season one are designed to help you open up your mind to what's been running your money narrative and look beyond into the garden of possibility. So our job is to embrace the nature of who we are and fully live into it. Our job is to clear away the things that are interfering with that free flow. That is the natural way. 
And just like many systems in nature are designed to support each other, we humanity being from nature also need support in order to flourish. That's what's true for me. And I believe that's what's true for you as well. And today I'm inviting you inside. This show series as a whole gives a fresh perspective to examine your life and your work. And here's what is possible when you do shift this relationship and get unstuck. Get the crap out and integrate a new wholesome relationship with money. I'm interviewing a group through the season, a group of female founders and performance experts and psychologists and even a mythologist to get right to the heart of helping leaders and entrepreneurs. And this includes discovering our stories and the power that they have in relation to our sense of worth and identifying places where we have self-imposed limitations and then taming our inner critic and transforming toxic relationships for instance, in our cycle of debt and that addiction and identifying where we're clogged up in one of our four wealth zones, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and how that's all interacting and so that we can reclaim the keys to our power as leaders. So we unpack some of that and how we carry some of those in our genes and even in our habits or our karma or through our emotional wounds and trauma and how we've adopted all of that, or even how we've rebelled against it, or how we've transcended beyond them, our strengths and our challenges with money. So that ultimately we create this unique programming, this unique way of being with it, with our gold and the way that we are consciously choosing rather than unconsciously existing. It is a choice. It requires your commitment to look. And this is where we begin. The Nature of Money. Thank you for listening to The Nature of Money, a show of the Living Wealthy Institute. I'm your host, Jennifer Love. Thank you for joining me. Inspired by what you heard? Challenged? This is sobering and confronting material. I know. I've done it. And I continue to do it. And I work with leaders around the world in doing this work. It's a big step to even get to the place where you're willing to look and examine your core beliefs and the ways that you could be sabotaging yourself and say, yeah, that could be happening in me. Exploring this on your own is not easy. If you'd like support with identifying how your harmful narratives are blocking you from feeling worthy, valuable, whole, and freeing yourself and in your relationship with money, please book a discovery session with us. You can book that by going to jenniferlove.com and filling out a short and easy discovery form that helps me and the team prepare so we can show up and explore how to best support you. You can also join our free Living Wealthy Community Facebook group, where I share financial resources, living wealthy tips, and weekly money inspirations. You can find that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash living wealthy. And will you take just a moment right now and give this show a stellar rating on the channel you are tuning into and then share this episode with someone who could really benefit from its magic. I deeply appreciate you. And thank you to my co-producer, Tyler Lowe, to my writing shepherd, Tina Overberry, and to the musical magic and all around soul support of my sweetheart, John Bagdasarian, and to the entire Living Wealthy team. 
the manifestation of this project is simply not possible without them. And to you, my listener, thank you. And I wish you a blessed week.